Hi, this is Cameron. And this is Jorge Luis. And today we're going to continue our look at how COVID has affected the specific ministry sites through which we work. Uh, today we're going to look at Diosesamor. This is a great opportunity for us to grow and learn with more of what we equals HLS in Ecuador. So let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Hi, this is Cameron Graham Vivanco co-founder of Education Equals Hope and director of the program here in Ecuador. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am the coordinator of teams and training for E Equals H here in Ecuador. Welcome back. We are thrilled to have you. Today, we're going to look at part two of um, the ministry changes that have happened since COVID. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned in the last one, briefly, um, I had a friend go, well, you guys do micro scholarships and the schools are closed. So really you don't have anything to do. <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, there's, there's even, even more to do. Yes. So last time we looked at three of our ministry sites. Today, we're going to zero in on just one of them, mm -hmm. a place called Dioses Amor, mm -hmm. um, which is actually a Pentecostal church. Yep. Way to go us. Look at us being <laughs> ecumenical. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, and so, but before we get there, Jorge Luis, you, in, the, in this pre-time before we were recording, you were saying something that was so important. I think it is so mm -hmm. important to share right now, and that is the general concept of education. Yeah. Well, the, because of the things that we have talked before about the poverty of being, the poverty of purpose and all that, there's a lot of misunderstanding about education. For many people here in the country in this kind of culture, we we tend to grow with the idea of education is something, is like a luxury thing. Education is a luxury. Yes. You go to school because you you have the money to do it. Mm -hmm. We don't see it as an as a need, you know? Or a basic right. It's not no, not not even right. Like <laughs> like that silly, word silly me. Yeah, yeah. That word like right. It's really hard for these kind of people to understand, like for this kind of um, context. You're talking about people in the lower socioeconomic realm, yeah, and, and poverty class, extreme poverty class. They're they're going education. Yeah. Why would why would I send my kid to get an education? Because I, I could have them work. Yes, yes, and I think this is not just like this is not a way of thinking of one extract of people. This is a thing that is in entire Latin America. Mm, okay. You know? Yeah. You, as you keep growing and you have different opportunities in life, you get to see something different. Uh -huh. And then your mind is open and you get to understand that you have rights. Uh -huh. But the main thing is we need to survive. Mm, right? That's what we feel, you know, right. like we need to survive. So, yes, instead of wasting my time and my mm. effort to bring my kids to school, I will just teach them something that can be useful for them for their lives and our families. I'll teach them how to shine a shoe and off they go to try to find someone walking down the street to shine shoes. Exactly. I mean, we've seen that hundreds. That's a lot of how yes. Casa G boys started were shoe shiner boys. But mm -hmm. um wow, that is is just such a different concept. Absolutely. Um I feel like and you know, feel free to to challenge me dear mm -hmm. dear listener in the in the show notes. <laughs> um I I feel like in the United States, there is this concept that an education is expected. And maybe I am naive and I'm thinking that that is from, as we've talked about, my socioeconomic background, where I came from, um, the people I know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I realize that I probably have a pretty narrow and, and 
and perhaps sheltered point of view on the value of education because I, I was, it was instilled in me from, I mean, I remember being six years old and people asking me, where are you going to go to college? Yeah. I mean, it's a completely sure. normal question. You would like, where are you going to go to college? And now being a parent, I realize that some of those are like digs at like, <laughs> are they going to go to your school or your husband's school or what color yeah, jersey yeah. should I get them? Um, but, but it's also just, I grew up with that expectation that education is the most important thing that you could do. True. Um, and again, I'm so thankful to Durham Academy and all that they provided for me and my family um, and the incredible education yeah. that, that I received there. But so I'm hearing you say that throughout Latin America, there is a, a whether it's a class or a genre of people yeah. that, is it fair to say, I didn't have an education growing up. You don't need an education growing up. What yeah. we need is for you to to get out there and work. Yeah. Um, and maybe you are articulating that in a different way. I don't think that maybe they will use the same words, but that's what they truly believe inside mm -hmm. their minds and their hearts. That's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why, um, as you were saying, when your friends ask you, well, you guys do microscholarship. Now schools are closed. Are you actually doing something? Our commitment with people is deeper than just going to school. Mm -hmm. It's of the education, the hope that education brings to your life mm -hmm. because yeah. of what you learn and the way that you grow with that, not mm -hmm. just because you go to school. Mm -hmm. So that is what we live. And that's what we what we want to, to support, that we want to encourage. It's an amazing thing that we have leaders and pastors like uh, we, we've talked before about Lourdes and Fabian and Juan Carlos, rock stars of the ministry, Absolutely. you know, uh, and here in, in this other um, example of Dios es Amor, we have Pastor David mm -hmm. Alban. He's, yeah. he's an amazing guy, really young guy. Um, he, this church. Really I love that you said that. He's in his forties. Yes, he's really young. Yes, yeah, I mean, and, and now, <laughs> now he's in his forties, but he started the church when he was in his thirties, kind of. Yeah, that's and true. he and he inherited that church. They that that church was started by a ministry of people that went to the jail to preach the gospel inside of the jail. What, and didn't it, wasn't it a church that, so people went to the prison, yeah. and to the jail, yeah. um, started Bible studies, a church, like <laughs> a little cell church started inside yes. the prison. Yes. And when all of those people eventually lived out their sentences and were released, that this is their, their church. And their families. And their families. Because many people um, heard about that. Like, who's going to preach to my dad, to my brother? Who's and in jail. Who's mm -hmm. in jail, yeah, right? And and then, like, they heard about these people that were coming, and they started to get together. And now that's the way that, that Dios is Amor started out. It is incredible. It's a very different context now. And but, I yeah. love, well, the context now is, is still so, it's a very wide range yes. because there are professionals, white-collar professionals and blue-collar professionals who choose to worship at, and, and it's not in a very... I want to say safe neighborhood. No, it's, no, no. It's no. known for being right next to the, one of the red light districts, yeah. and um, and it's it's a it's a a, a challenging environment. But yes. people get up on the in the pre times. <laughs> they would get up <laughs> and intentionally go to church in that neighborhood to pour into this church and to pour into this community. And a real, I think, picture of the banquet table of heaven of. People of all of all classes and ages and educational mm -hmm. levels rubbing elbows and worshiping God together. Yes. It really is an amazing, amazing church. And one of the decisions that, that he, David and the leadership of the church has um, taken is that they want to provide 
They want to encourage people. They want to help them grow. They want to provide things for them, but not just for the people from the church. You know, the church members. Uh-huh. They want to provide that for the entire community. Unity. They do. It's outreach based. Yes. Now even the municipality has recognized the church like as as a cultural spot in the mm-hmm. entire neighborhood. Wow. So um, with the scholarship program, what they decided, what they they saw, like they saw the need of. We need to not just send the kids to school. We need to teach them more things than that. We need to teach them why education is important for themselves. Baseline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like what kind of hope they have in life, what kind of rights they have in life, you know? Mm -hmm. What is that? And and they were thinking about what ways, in what ways can we actually do that with them? And they realized that some of those kids will go to school and then they go after school, they come back home and they're by themselves all all the time mm-hmm. until their mm-hmm. parents come re- really late in the night. Yep. But there's no one actually taking care of them and seeing if they're doing their homeworks or not. Again, some of them think it's just what is, homework is something that they're asking me to do. It's not something that I need to do so that I, I can myself, actually learn. So exactly. Can learn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they saw that need and they decided to um, use a part of their budget, the third part of their budget, I think, to pay a tutor. That yeah. can be a yeah. teacher for the entire group of kids that yeah. wants to go. Again, this is this are Adriana. Yes, Adriana. She's amazing. And like she's the host of all these kids in, in the church. Most of the of the kids are um, recipients of a scholarship, but mm-hmm. some of them are just part of a community. Yeah. They have seen like my friends from school are going to this place and they're being fed <laughs> and they have fun and they do their homeworks and their grades are going up. Yeah. What can What's I going do? On over there? Exactly. I want that too. That's why they started doing that. So they have been going, um, they have been growing in this little uh, this little group of people and, and helping those kids. Okay, so just to make, uh, making sure I'm tracking. Yes. Um, obviously, Diosis more that their church is just amazing. But so educational is hope. We give them a monthly scholar, a monthly budget, and say yes. here, and they took. Well, I know this because you know got to be a part of the whole process. They took about a third of their monthly budget to hire a teacher, mm-hmm. and it was just brilliant because. Yes. <laughs> because the, you were talking about the extra kids coming in, so it's not. We get to help with the education of not just the kids who were were paying their transportation or their uniforms or, or whatnot, but but having contact with tens, twenty, twenty more kids in the neighborhood without single raising a cent, but with yes. the same amount of money that human resource of Adriana. And she tra- she is tracking with them. So let's talk real quickly about the pre times. Yes. So pre pre COVID. <laughs> pre COVID. Pre, pre pre is that B C B B C B COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she uh, I know would do uh, she she was at the church from four to six every afternoon. Yes. And kids would come. They here in Ecuador, kids go to school at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna let that sink in for a second <laughs> for my compatriots of the uh, of the United States because I thought it was early at eight or eight ten, but no, they are in school learning at seven a.m. until one. Yeah, and then they are cut. The end of school day is at one o'clock, and then most of the schools have a have a turnover right there, mm-hmm. and then they another school, another whole jornada, another. 
there's a good English word for this. <laughs> if you think of it, you let me know. A whole different cohort of students yes. come in. It's a different word. I'm program, a different program. Um, comes in and uses the exact same classrooms, same grade level. So they have third grade in the morning and third grade in the afternoon using yeah. the same school. Um, but so most of the students that are in this neighborhood were going to school in the morning and then they go home for lunch if there was anything to eat. And then they would show up at church and Adriana would help them with their schoolwork and kind of do an, more than an after school club. Like, yes. It was everything. Yes. It's everything. I, I wanted to say this in, in our last episode mm-hmm. church in the United States, when I was there and I was on staff as a youth minister, mm-hmm. um, it was like, hey, here are the times we, we have Bible study Wednesday afternoon, we have church Sunday morning, we have youth group Sunday afternoon, boom. And But church here is the very center of community. Like you yes. go yes. to church in these neighborhoods every day. Mm-hmm. And not that there's a service every day or a Bible study. No. It's just that's where everyone meets up. That's where everyone wants to be because mm-hmm. they are receiving something that they don't have at home. Which is like a community, a community, more, more you than know, anything. and and the 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 love based, the love kind of relationship that mm-hmm. moves to be close to you and ask you how are you actually doing, mm-hmm. you know. So yes, as you're saying, it's not just an after after school program; it's more like an after school family that they have. I remember I told this uh, story a couple times that um, Adriana there. This again, pre-times, and the water went out of the church, and there were normally 10 kids that would come on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and they had to cancel the program because there was no water in the church, and they couldn't flush toilets or anything. And so they said, sorry, kids, it's not going to happen today. Sure. Um, and the next thing that Adriana knows that seven of these 10 kids have walked, I don't know how far, a mile, crossed a major four-lane <laughs> interstate to get to her house. Ding dong, we're here to yes. do our homework. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, just really a great sense of uh, that community and that that we matter to somebody. We matter to Adriana. Yeah. And yeah. and our work matters. And so let's let's go do this. Yeah. And she is actually like a mom for them. Like mm-hmm. she's really like a mom. She has actually even go to school to check on every kid mm-hmm. and talk to their teachers because their parents don't know that that's necessary. What an incredible safety net to have around a young person. Again, to try to prevent hitting a crisis that would land them on the yes. streets or in homeless or being trafficked. Um, it just takes one, just yes. one Adriana. And, and she's tracking with 27, 30, 30-something kids. Yes. So now that we're in COVID, yes. Um, and obviously everyone's uh, doing homework from home, you were telling me that some of the kids don't have yes. phones, and so they use her number to get all of their yeah. school information. They don't their have classes. they don't have computers. They don't have internet. Some of those homes have one cell phone for the entire family. Um, some of the kids, like let's say that one family has five kids, mm-hmm. regular completely family, normal, completely normal, and all the all of those five kids have to be connected through WhatsApp in their classes at nine a.m. All of them at the same time. And there's just one phone. How do you make that choice? I think that's really hard. That's really hard. And 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 and, and it's really hard for me to think they have to make a cho- choice, but that's what they have to do. Like yeah. some mm-hmm. of their, some of those moms and, and dads have to say, I have to make a choice. How will I, like who actually needs who to gets, connect? Who gets to go to school today? Exactly. Okay. That's, that's the thing. And so what, um, what happened is that they didn't have that. So Adriana decided to keep on connecting with those kids and telling them, okay, I have a phone and I have a computer. Let's use them to do your homework. 
So the kids will tell Adriana, Adriana, this is the phone, um, the phone number of my teacher. Please talk to them and receive the homework for me. Wow. So Adriana receives the homework. She talks. She walks to the the, um, the home of this little kid and tell and tell little Juanito, this is what you have to do. Your homework is this, this, and this. If you don't understand it, we'll talk tomorrow, and I'll teach you how to do that. Ugh. So she's doing that with a lot of kids. One kid at the time. You know, I think exactly. it's so easy to be overwhelmed by an <laughs> educational system that is one hour of WhatsApp classes and radio programs and, and how to do that. But it is so exciting to get to be a part of something that is that is working and making a difference, and it's one student at a time. Yeah. Church saw oh. that need, that huge need, and they said, like, we need to do something. They, I, I think that it was Pastor David's computer in his office that he said, okay, these kids, like, there's a home with five kids. Let's send them the computer so that they can actually use it mm-hmm. and, 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 and just share that. And, again, the micro-scholarship for E equals H gets to help provide the Internet so that they, the computer can then be connected. Yeah, and in that moment, the Internet in the, in the church was not that strong, not that good enough, mm-hmm. so... Now, post-COVID, what they decided is to... It's not post. It's not post. I I really appreciate that you think that we're through this, but we're actually not. I walked in here wearing a mask. (laughs) Well, the thing is that now because of all of that, what they, they decided is to improve their computer laboratory. They had like a computer room. Uh, at most the church. Of, at the church. Mm-hmm. Some of their computers were not uh, fully equipped. The internet was not good. So they decided to use some of the relief funds that we were able to share with them. Isn't that just, I just have to pause. It is, when I think of relief, I think oh, wow. of food, medicine, clothes, but the pressing, overwhelming need for to take care of their children was they was to to get the internet up to speed yes. and what a huge blessing that is on so many levels and to so many kids for the church to have a good internet and the impact that this has with the kids is that we're telling them there's no reason for you to stop going to school mm, right. not even technology that's the thing whatever obstacle we can get through this and we can get yes through this we can together. do it together mm-hmm. we can do it together so what they decided to do is to use part of those relief funds to renew that that computer laboratory. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they renewed the system. They rene- they bought more computers. They bought um, the entire, like, it's not a Wi-Fi system, but it's, like, with cords. I don't know the technology terms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not it's a technology person. It's almost like English isn't your first language. <laughs> and I'm not a technology person. That's even... <laughs> Worse. It is my first language, and I still have <laughs> cables, power strips. But the thing is that they, they bought more computers. They renewed the ones that they had to, like, some of them were too old. So they repaired them. They renewed the software and all that. And they built these little cubicles for all of them, all of the kids. So they have their own space, dividing yeah. it up. And they have their own space for the computers, but also for their notebooks and their books and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what The plan oh, cool. now is to ask Adriana to go back to the church because she was doing all this from her home. Uh-huh. And even like in the same kind of compound where she was living, there were other kids. So yeah. she will open the door for all in her home for all of those kids and she will teach them all at the same time mm. through her WhatsApp. Uh, now what what they decided is to reopen the church, reopen the project and ask Adriana to go like from 12 to 6 p.m. Uh-huh. to noon to um, 6 p.m. so that they, she can be there with the kids. Of course, she cannot receive the 30 kids that she used to have before, but now she can do like three 
per small hour. Groups, yeah. Really small groups so that she can still be with them and still teach them and mm-hmm. still encourage them to not drop out of school because that's what they have decided to do. As I cannot go to school, I don't have a phone, I will just call it out and put it over. Yeah, Yeah, there's something like uh, 70 million students missing from the educational school system here in Ecuador Uh this year as as opposed to last year. 70 million. Uh, And the country is only... No, not 70 million. I'm lying. (laughs) 700,000. 700,000. Sorry, I didn't mean to lie. Because the country itself is only just over 16 million. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Sorry. Um, So, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, Jorge Luis, for sharing with us about Adriana. You guys can keep her in your prayers. You can uh, encourage her. And if you would like to join uh, us as we support Mm -hmm. Adriana and other amazing people like her that are making the difference in one child's life, one after one after one after one after one, one one after the other, please go to www.educationequalshope.org, and we would love for you to be a part of our support team. So, Go there, look there, and thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.